All right, and we are back. Back in business. Back to life. Back to reality. You remember that song? No? Allison and I sing it to each other all the time. It's fabulous. Anyway, uh, thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for braving the 19 degrees. That's what it was when I woke up. Um, it's chilly, but I like it. I like the, the cold, brisk air. It's, it's good for my lungs. They say, I don't think it is, but I like it. Anyway, thank you for being here this morning. Uh, if you have any tithes or offerings that you would like to give, uh, back at the back we have the kiosk there. You can give there, or you can give at lifechurchutah.com. Thank you for continuing to be faithful in your giving. Um, it's because of you that we can do what we do. Um, and then to continue on this idea of giving, today is the day we were talking about the one day to feed the world through the convoy of hope. Uh, we asked you a couple weeks ago to pray about um, giving to this. This convoy of hope is one of the biggest missionary uh, endeavors that we partner with, and they help first responders in natural disasters all around the world. So if you would like to give to that, um, you can give in the back. Pete will be holding a bucket. Just throw it, put it in an envelope, put it in the bucket. Or if you want to go to lifechurchutah.com in the giving section, there is a line item for Convoy of Hope. All of that money goes to Convoy of Hope and is used to help people all around the world. Um, and then coming up is our women's event, and we have a video for that. Check it out. Ladies, Girlfriends presents another Christmas event just for you, Great Joy. On Friday, December 4th, we will be opening up this great gift of joy as we celebrate together the birth of Jesus through stories and songs. Due to current restrictions, we will be taking this Christmas celebration online for all ladies to enjoy free of charge. And you have a choice this year. You can be a part of this night completely free, but for the full experience, we have a box that will be on sale for $5 in the lobby today. Inside this box are some wonderful items that will enhance your great joy experience. Also included are invitations to share with your friends and family so that they can be a part of this event free of charge. We have a fantastic night of great joy planned. You won't want to miss this powerful evening. Yay for the great night of joy. So if you are interested in being involved, my wonderful wife will be in the back to uh, show you what's in the boxes. If you want to purchase a box, uh, you can purchase one. It said for $5, and she will have all of the information that you need about that upcoming event. Now, something that's very exciting is we were able to partner with... Um, uh, the Utah Dream Center. You guys know Pastor Alfred. He's been here several times. And um, we started talking to him last week, and it kind of came to fruition real quick on Friday. But we have, we had 25 Thanksgiving meals uh, to give away. And uh, the picture that's coming up is a picture of me and the kids grabbing it on Friday night. Inside is a turkey, some cheese, some mushrooms, some strawberries, tapioca, potatoes, a bag of rolls, um, and so we want to offer that to you guys. If you need help with Thanksgiving, we're right on the doorstep of Thanksgiving, grab a box. We have, I think we're down to 16 left, 
We were able to give some to our neighbors. Um, I know Tiffany and Eddie have been able to give some to their neighbors. Uh, they are there for you to use, no questions asked, just grab a box. Um, right now, they because it's been so cold, they've actually been living in the shed. Um, so after church, if you want one, hit me up. We'll take you out and grab a, a box. If you have a neighbor that could use uh, a Thanksgiving dinner, grab one for them. Take it with you and knock on their door and hand it to them. Uh, we were able to do that to, with our neighbors, and they, they were very appreciative. So if you don't need one, if you know someone, we have 16 meals left. Let's give them all away and bless people with a Thanksgiving dinner. All right. Over the last few weeks, we have been going over why does Life Church exist? Why are we here? What is our purpose? And we've been in this series now for five weeks. Today is the final week. It is the bookend of the series. So I wanted to give a quick recap of everything we've talked about over the last five weeks, starting with what our mission is, that God has called us to lead the people of the valley to be more like Jesus, that God gives us this role, this um, incredible privilege to lead people through relationship uh, into a relationship with Jesus. And then we looked at God's word and how we need to be committed to his word and that our commitment to God's word will enable and empower us to lead people to Jesus. That as we get into God's word and allow God's word to speak into our hearts and into our lives, it will change us and it will empower us and it will help us uh, engage with people and lead people to Jesus. And then we looked at how Jesus uses new things to impact communities. That Jesus was innovative in the ministry that he did everywhere he went. He wasn't tied to social norms. He wasn't tied to church norms. He talked to the people that the church said he shouldn't talk to. He loved on the people that society said he shouldn't love on. He loved on all people, meeting them where they were at. And that if we would do the same thing, think of new ways of reaching people, uh, God will use us to lead people to Jesus. And then we looked at how Jesus had such a great understanding of his purpose in life, and that purpose caused him, propelled him into intentionally loving people, that our understanding of our purpose should propel our intentionality to love. And then last week, we looked at this idea of radical generosity and how that's a character trait of who God is. That's, that's who he is to the core. And then we have three main areas that we can give out of our lives. The first would be our time, something that is of great value because you can never get it back. But through that time, we build relationships, we build friendships, and God will use those things to help us love on people. And then the, uh, the second is through our talents. We saw from the text we read last week that God gives talents to people, and he gives uh, all sorts of talents to everybody, talents to teach, talents to work, talents, uh, you name it. But God has given you a talent, and that if we use those talents for God and his kingdom, he will use us to move his kingdom forward. And then we looked at our resources and how God challenges us to trust him in our resources with our tithes, with our offerings, and, and giving and being faithful in those things. All of these principles, coupled with what we're going to look at today, will pushes us in this direction of being more like Jesus, thus helping us lead the people of the valley 
to be more like him. Now, go back with me if you can in the annals of your mind, your memories, to the year 2001. It was, very, it was a long time ago. I was 19 years old, and if you've been here for a minute, you've heard me talk about this program that I had signed up to be in called Master's Commission. It's a program that teaches you uh, ministry and, and helps propel you in the, in the ministry you want to go into. And ours was a little different. Um, typically, you have a host home and you live with a family. Ours, um, I actually lived in the church for three and a half years and studied under our pastors and leadership. Well, I like to think of myself as a handyman, someone that can fix anything, build anything, sometimes to my detriment. It's like, I, I can't always fix everything, but I will try. I mean, what's the worst thing you can do? Break it more? So you might as well try to fix it. Um, so we're getting ready. We're gearing up for this school year. And where we were staying was on the old stage off of the gymnasium in the, in the church. And so we had four guys. I had three roommates, Derek, Philip, and Jacob. And we were all living in this space. So there was no room to put four beds. So I was like, hey, Sid, I bet I can build us some bunk beds. He's like, all right, go for it. So I borrowed some tools from work because I was working at a cabinet shop, got the lumber, and started building these bunk beds. Now, these bunk beds were going to be able to support me if I wanted to sleep on the top, the top bunk because I wanted to sleep on the top bunk. And I would be able to sit on the bottom bunk and not hit my head because that's annoying. And so these things were huge. I mean, I, the, the top bunk was probably about this high. And... Here I am, I'm getting ready to, to build, I'm in the process, and uh, Sid sends over this, this guy, didn't know who he was, and um, I just remember he was humble, he was kind of unsure about what the future was going to hold for him, but he had this heart, this passion for God, and I don't remember much more about that interaction, so Kenny, if you watch this, I, it's not because I don't love you. I just, I don't remember anything other than that. But then a year later, Kenny joins our program of Master's Commission. Now, I live with him for two years. And as we're going through the program, we start uh, studying together, doing ministry together. We would do school um, assemblies uh, called RYI, where we would go in, and I was, I was the big tough guy, so I'd break the bricks, and we'd rip uh, phone books, and all sorts of stuff. So we were doing these type of ministries, these type of things together. And little did I know that that one meeting where I was making bunk beds would transition into one of the greatest friendships I've ever known. And the fact that um, we got so close, I asked him to be in our line when Allison and I got married. And um, the videographer went around and got comments, and I asked him if I could show this video, so he shouldn't be too embarrassed, but take a look at this. You guys, you guys are true friends. You guys have been there for me since, you know, I've known you, and uh, you guys are awesome to hang out with, and, and Forrest, I hope you don't get jealous that Allison thinks I'm cute because, you know, it's not my fault. But uh, I hope you guys, you know, you guys are going to have an awesome marriage. And, and, and hopefully 20 years down the road, I'm going to be there and be your guys' friend. And we're going to be close. And we'll be able to watch this video together, maybe. 
Kenny, I lo love the dude. And, and to my friend, I would say this, because we're five years away from 20. In 50 years, we'll sit down and we will watch this video together, should the Lord tarry. You know, I remember a time this summer where I was, um, I was in, in a pretty low place. I, I felt overwhelmed. I was stressed. Um, I felt like I was in way over my head between work, church, life, and everything going on. And I was probably close to a breakdown, enough to where Allison was worried about me. And uh, I, I think, I feel like I handle stress okay, but I don't think I do. I think I deflect, deflect, deflect. And then it finally gets to a point where it's like overwhelmed and I'm going to have a meltdown. So Kenny got in touch with me and he took me out to lunch. We went down and we sat and we talked. And, and I just, he's one of those friends where you can just, blah, just throw it at him. And, and the thing is, is whatever I, I say to him, whether it's ugly, whether it's good, whether it's positive, whether it's negative, is received in love. And if correction is needed, he corrects in love, but the support, the encouragement is there, and that's what I needed that afternoon, and I don't think he realizes how much that that one little meeting uh, meant for me and, and helped me kind of move forward through what I was going through. You know, that's what we need in life. We need relationships. We need each other. You know, have you ever had anybody that is that for you, that friend that will take you out, sit down, talk with you, pray with you, you know, someone that's there with you through thick and thin, no matter what's going on in life, maybe you are that friend. Well, to understand relationships, we must go back to where relationships began. Today, we're going to be talking about healthy relationships, what that looks like for us, and how uh, we are to navigate relationships, why we have them. So, we're going to go way back to the beginning where everything started. And as I was putting this together, I had this thought. Love and hope are found in relationship. It's what it was designed for. Love and hope are found in relationship. It's what it was designed for. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again for another opportunity to dive into your word and, and learn another principle. So I pray this morning that you would speak to us that this idea, this principle of relationship, of friendship, will come alive and, and that you will speak to us this morning. We thank you for your word and it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, to go back, we go back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 27. It says this, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Now, why would the creator of the world, the one who brings order from chaos, steps out of eternity to create time, the one who speaks and light appears. He speaks, and the oceans know their boundaries. He speaks, and there is day, and there is night. He speaks, and animals appear. He speaks, and stuff happens. Things change. Well, Genesis 2, 7 says this, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. 
You see, God doesn't speak man into existence. He doesn't tell us to come forth. He doesn't speak. He formed. I like this idea of him bending down, getting his hands dirty, forming the legs, forming the body, the rest of creation around looking on, wondering what is, what's he doing this time? And then as he begins to form the head, he begins to form the face. This part of creation is different. It's special. It's unique. Nothing else is like it. You see, he said, let us make them in our image. Here we see the true in God, the Father, the Word, who is the Son of God, and the Spirit deciding to create us and to create us in His image. What sets us apart from everything else that was made is this. We have the Father. He is spirit and eternal. Jesus said himself that the Father is spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. He breathed the breath of life into us. And in that moment, it made us spiritual. It made us eternal. The Word, who is the Son of God, in John chapter 1, it says the Word was with God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And it talks about how through the Word, everything was made. And uh, showing that Jesus was there in the beginning when everything was created. So the Word is the Son of God. What does the Word do? The Word teaches us truth. It proclaims the truth of who God is. You see, God gave us the ability to know, to understand right from wrong. He gave us the ability to know truth. Then we have the Spirit. What does the Spirit do? It empowers us. He guides us. He changes us. We are the only creatures that have the trait that are empowered to, to create change, to bring change, to bring encouragement. This is what sets us apart. We are eternal beings knowing right from wrong and the ability to bring change to a world that God created. There is no other creature on the planet with these abilities or with these traits. When God made us, he set us apart. He made us special. And he did it for one reason, for one purpose, to reveal himself to us. In Leviticus chapter 26, verse 12, it says this, I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. You see, from the inception, we were created for relationship. God wanted to reveal himself to us, to have this relationship. In Genesis, it says that God walked with Adam and Eve through the garden. There's an, an intimacy there in this relationship. It's, it's something that goes deep. This is what God desires to have with us. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, we see that not only were we created for relationship with God, but God created us to have relationship with each other. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Then the Bible goes on and says that, uh, God brought all of the animals by Adam just to see what he would call them. Adam names all of the animals, and in the process, not a suitable helper is found. God knew this all along, but then he causes Adam to go to sleep. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 21, it says this, So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. 
Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Now, I like to think that God took the rib that was closest to Adam's heart. That's why, man, when we find that special lady, we love her with all of our heart. It's just we, we can't help it. We love them so deeply, right? That was a ploy at trying to be helplessly romantic. I don't think it worked. But here's the thing. <laughs> uh, we were made for relationship. That's why love and hope are found in relationship. It's what it was designed for. So now that we've established why there's relationship, why it exists, why we exist, there are some things that we need to talk about. We need to talk about the different types of relationships and some principles tied into it. You know, there's two main uh, types of relationship. You have a transactional relationship. This type of relationship is basically a cause and effect, a request and a response. It isn't deep. We can survive on this type of relationship, this type of friendship, but you can't thrive off of it. If you, you know, we can guard ourselves, we can put up our walls, we can try to not let people in and thinking we are protecting ourselves from hurt and pain. But here's the thing, hurt and pain are going to come anyway. Unfortunately, it's a part of life. There is pain, there is hurt, and it's just, will you walk through it alone or will you walk through it with God and with friends? Then there's the transformational relationship. This type of relationship requires us to open ourselves to let people in, to let people know us, to let people know our weaknesses, our strengths, our passions, our hurts, our joys. These relationships can be messy. We can get hurt in these relationships. But there is hope in these relationships when we share ourselves, our lives with one another. Because this is what we were created for. With God as our focus and relationship with each other, there is hope to be found. You know, when God said, I will walk among you and be your God, God was letting us know he wants to be involved in our lives, to acknowledge him as the Lord, as, as the one that leads us, and he would walk with us through the good and the bad. A thing we need to get past in the church is pretending we have life all together. I don't, I am not perfect. You're not perfect. So let's quit pretending we're perfect. If we've got issues, we need to talk to one another. We need to uh, let each other know. That way we can build each other up. We can encourage each other. You know, everywhere we see in Jesus' life and in his ministry, we see that he created transformational relationships. Everyone he came in contact with was transformed. Why? Because he loved them. This goes back to our message on intentionally loving people. But see, you can't intentionally fully love people if you don't let people in. We need to invest in God. We need to invest in each other. You know, this correlates back to a message I gave on sowing and reaping. What kind of relationships do we want? We need to sow into those. If we want strong friendships, strong relationships, we need to sow into those things. And then we will reap them. So today's idea is healthy relationships. We can, you know... The thing is, is we can have people in our lives, and I would say a lot of us in this room, if not all of us, have had unhealthy 
relationships, relationships that have hurt us. So there's three guidelines that um, we have here that can help us navigate healthy relationships. The first one is this. Love is a decision, not an emotion. You know, our culture wants love. It wants relationship to be based on emotion. And it's dangerous. And it's debilitating to healthy relationships. You know, if feelings drove Jesus, he never would have endured the cross. He never would have gone. Because you see in the Garden of Gethsemane, he toils over it. And he allows the will of God to propel him to do what God has called him to do and not give in to the emotions. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 gives us a great picture of what love is. And we could even put our name in there. But it says this, love is patient, love is kind. It is not envious. Love does not brag. It is not puffed up. It is not rude. It is not self-serving. It is not easily angered or resentful. It is not glad about injustice, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Marriage is not an emotion. It's a decision. There have been times where I have made Allison so angry and hurt her. She has said, I am choosing to love you today. Sometimes that's where we get. But that doesn't mean we allow ourselves to be a doormat, to allow people to hurt us and to abuse us. We need to be wise. You know, my friendships are not emotion-based. They are decisions because people will hurt us. Will we throw a relationship because someone did something stupid? Or will we value that relationship more than that mistake? The, to love others is not emotion-based. It's a principle. So if we start here, if we choose to love people, we are in a position for healthy relationships. The second thing is this. I am not the center of the world. It's not all about me. While we need to care for ourselves, take care of ourselves, we need to think about other people. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4 says this. Instead of being motivated by selfish ambition or vanity, each of you should, in humility, be moved to treat one another as more important than yourselves. Each of you should be concerned not only about your own interests, but about the interests of others as well. You know, I go back to... Um, Allison and our, our day, the day we got married, and the pastor that officiated was the pastor that retired from Life Church, Pastor Jim. And in the message that he gave during our ceremony, and this will be a very short paraphrase, he said this. He said, marriage and relationships stop working when we stop working the marriage and the relationship. When we allow selfishness to creep in, we start to think in terms of the big I and the little you, that my needs are more important than your needs. We start to see that what I want is more important than what the other person needs. We allow selfishness to take hold that, uh, like I said, our needs are, are big, bigger or more important than the other person, but we need to be Christ-minded, and we need to serve as Christ served. Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give, give his life as a ransom for many. See, Christ puts everyone else above himself. And the thing that's amazing to me is here is the creator of everything we know, and he put us first. He put his love for us first. Let that one sink in. 
The third thing, commitment to the long haul. Romans 8, 35 and 38 through 9 say this, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will trouble or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor heavenly rulers nor the things that are present nor the things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, God has us and he wants to do life with us, that there is nothing that can separate us from him. He's in it for the long haul. Are we in it for the long haul? Take a look at this video about how relationship changed Johnny and Kelsey's story. There was a time where God wasn't the center of my life. I met this guy, I thought he was really great, got married, and we just quit going to church. We started fighting a lot. We just, we didn't keep God as, as the center. I wanted to make it work because when you're married, it's a covenant, you have to make it work. So I started going to church and then we tried to go to counseling and he never wanted to go to counseling. So it always felt like I was trying to pull him to be Christ-like with me or pull him to go to church with me. Starting to talk more with people, more um, Christ-like figures in my life and friends and family, they all were saying, this just isn't a good place. It's not healthy to be in this relationship anymore. He had let some things happen and I let things happen. So I ended up moving back home with my parents, um, coming to Life Church, actually. Um, got a divorce and just kind of spent that time to really realign myself with Christ, just working on that relationship and figuring out what my life was gonna look like because I kind of started back at the beginning. <laughs> I thought when I left for college that was going to be the end of living with my parents. I thought that was going to be like, I'm finally independent now. And when I got myself into that marriage and like things just went crazy, I realized I'm going to have to start from at the base again, start rebuilding my life up um, in Christ instead. I joined youth about this time last year, I really felt called to join it. I didn't really know why. Um, it's outside of my comfort zone to the extreme because I'm not comfortable being a leader. <laughs> That's when I ended up meeting Johnny. <laughs> um, and it was just a healthy re relationship and we ended up dating for a little while and got engaged and then we got married. I feel like Kelsey inspires me to be more like the man of God that I know he wants me to be. I have her to walk right next to me to, you know, kind of encourage me along and I can encourage her along. So it's, you know, I f just really nice to have a, a running mate, if you will. So now we lead together. With Kelsey, we can almost tag team, you know, not just be able to reach more students, but have a broader understanding of kind of challenges that they're facing. And My hope is to give the next generation this Ability to see a healthy relationship actually work. We keep God at the center of our relationship. We keep God, like we pray together every night, we have a Bible study, we tithe, we volunteer together, we just, it's completely different. <laughs> One of our core values as yeah. a married couple is uplifting others, helping them do something they don't want, being with them in a hard time, just kind of being people who are 
an encouragement. Our society today is um, a lot of broken relationships. It's really nice for the students to be able to see like, oh, this is a possibility. When God's at the center, you can have a re healthy relationship. My hope is that both myself individually before I met Kelsey and even more so now that I'm married to her is that just to encourage people to be more like Christ, to, to be Christ to people who don't know him. So just loving people honestly, not with an agenda, not where I'm trying to get something out of it or, you know, check a spiritual, you know, to-do list, but just love people because God loves them and I love them for that same reason. The idea the, behind the healthy relationship is to help propel us forward in a relationship with Jesus and with each other. And if you are in a place that is a, an unhealthy relationship, I would encourage you, like Kelsey did, find wise counsel, seek counsel, and what is best for your life because you're, you're not meant to be in a relationship that is abusive, that is causing you pain or hurt. So I would say seek wise counsel, seek counseling as to what is best for your life. But here's the thing. You know, speaking with some of you, and I know I'm long, um, but I just want to share, share these last couple things with you. You know, I've, been, I've talked with some of you after church, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, and I have mentioned that we don't come here to hear me talk. We don't come here for great music or for kids' programs. We come here to build community. We come here to build a family, to help generate and cultivate healthy relationships. Now, I'm not trying to diminish my role uh, of what I do every week, but I kind of am. Um, because the power to affect change through love is right here. It's in the body of Christ. It's in the believers. It's right here in you. You have the ability to affect change in the world through your relationships. That's why Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25 say this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, the day being when Jesus returns. If 2020 has taught us anything, it is this. We need each other. We need people. We need relationships. And I'm not downplaying the role COVID-19 has played in 2020. It is a serious virus. It has caused a lot of sickness and death. But we cannot allow a fear of a virus to keep us from doing life together. We cannot allow this fear to stop us from meeting together because we need each other. And I'm not saying we throw out wisdom and we don't throw out discernment and, and just go about life. There are good practices that we can use. But the studies are coming in and the cases of abuse, addiction, depression, and anxiety are on the rise. Why? Because people need people. See, the enemy wins when he can divide us and conquer us. When he can get us on our own, he now has an easier battlefield, an easier playing field. But when you and I are building relationship, I can encourage you. I can lift you up. I can share scripture with you, walk with you, pray with you. 
You see, my relationship with Kenny is one that changed my life. Why? Because through him I have accountability. I have encouragement. I have study. I have someone that I can talk to. We all need these relationships in our lives. And my friends, if we will be committed to this, creating healthy relationships with God as our center and loving on people, we will see people made stronger, filled with hope. Why? Because love and hope are found in relationship. It's what it was designed for. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you have designed us for relationship. You have designed us to do life with you, and you have designed us to do life with one another. And I pray, Father, that in these times where everything seems uncertain, that we wouldn't give up the, the, the meeting together and encouraging each other and doing life together, but we would be encouraged to love on one another and to do life together. I just I pray, Father, that you would speak to us, speak through us, use us, Father, and all of these principles that we have learned over the last six weeks to lead the people in the lives around us to you into a relationship with you, because in that relationship, as we talked about earlier this morning, in the mighty name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name is hope, peace, strength, forgiveness, grace, mercy. We thank you and we bless you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. All right, so we've got two reminders. If you want to give to the Convoy of Hope, uh, Pete will be in the back. Put your gift in an envelope and put it in the bucket or go to lifechurchutah.com. And the second, if you would like a Thanksgiving dinner, please take one. If you know a friend that could use one, take one. Let's get all of these out and bless some people in our community. I love you guys, and I can't wait to see you next week. God bless. <laughs>